You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 712 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. On this week's episode, we're talking to Jessica Kazmarek, who's got some great tips about care for your boots. And then Jody Kelly joins us for a chat about things to think about when shopping for your next horse. After that, Wendy from the Murdoch Method is on. And then for the trainer tip, Reese and I talk about finding a good dressage trainer. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> hey, Phil, how are you? I'm actually doing pretty good this week. Uh, Reese, oh. I don't know whether you've noticed yet or whatever, but I, I have a, a functioning tooth back. So. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, you've, been, you've been so touchy about it. Like, Everybody, I have not been talking to Phil about this because he's been touchy and he wants to sound good and I didn't want to hurt your feelings. So I was not ever saying anything. I didn't even <laughs> laugh when I, we saw you in person. Like this was a real problem and I felt bad for you. So I'm so glad you're feeling, you're better. Like last week you had had like the surgery and it sounded, I had to make you stop talking about it because it was gross. <laughs> I'm glad you're back and I'm glad you're doing okay. <laughs> so we're yeah, glad you're well, back I mean, all the way. I, I'm not, I'm not fully functional yet, but I at least got um, a kind of a denture retainer, which oh, I, mean, it, so I think it looks fine, but uh, at least my, like I can say S's now, right? Dressage. Well, it wasn't, stuff. we would all tell you, it didn't sound so bad, but everybody, we had to do our intro like 15 times. So I was like, get it together, <laughs> Phil. I think actually I took one because I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not I that think bad. Did, I did it for a week because it was <laughs> episode 707 of Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> I was just not, I was not having it. So he was not having it. So I just jumped in. See, this is teamwork. This is why you have a great partner who can help you when you need it. So <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're a team. And uh, yeah, there was definitely laughing, everybody. I mean, inside, because he really was struggling. So Paul and I were nice and we just, yeah, we worked around it. So I'm so glad you're feeling better. It makes me happy. And <laughs> so now just like, like four four months while, while my jaw bones graft to the new oh, uh, implant again. and, and then, I can, then I can get uh, a crown put on. This has been a like... It's been serious. Been and then you, yeah, I didn't, talk I didn't about, even know. That's so gross. I can't. Okay. So we're <laughs> going to talk about horses. I had... A really, so we had our first kind of horse show of the year, funny enough, you know, cause I, I think I shared Kentucky the, horse the, show of the year, Kentucky horse show. Right. I, I did one horse show in Florida. It didn't go particularly well, but anyways, I digress. I brought a different horse to the horse show and it went awesome. Yeah. No, some days you win, some days you didn't in Florida. I was not winning. <laughs> and so we went back to the drawing board that was with a different horse. He was having some ulcer issues, but this was a different horse. And this horse, um, He's a horse in training and I love this horse. And, you know, I was, have been very strategic when we show this horse and when we bring him out and um, he's a horse that needs a lot of confidence. Uh, and I felt like we worked really hard in Florida and the owners were awesome. 
and the horse was great. And I felt really confident. This was a kind of a smaller show. It was on a Wednesday. It's a recognized show. It's a wonderful show we have here in, in the area. It's about an hour from my house, but um, it was great. And horses have to haul there. And he was just awesome. And I think sometimes you just have little victories where, uh, you know, I've been very strategic with this horse. I brought him out third level. So it was a big jump last year. He showed first level. Uh, I was pretty strategic about that. I always make people struggle through second level at least once in their life. Uh, for me, I felt like with this horse, bringing him out second level, he was ready. And, and we worked really hard on the flying changes in Florida. So for him to, he now thinks flying changes. So I didn't feel like it was the right thing to bring him out second level. And uh, my gamble worked. It was great. He was went out and he did his test. Super confident. Third one. That was fun. It was it was a really big victory for the whole team. And um, I felt like yeah, sometimes the plan works. You know, a lot of times the plan does not, right. uh, and you kind of right. come back. Yeah. That plan yesterday worked, and I felt really really good about it. And so did the owners. And and I even texted my coach, um, which is why we have coaches. You know, he helped me work really hard. Scott Hassler, we love Scott, and he helped me a lot this winter in Florida with this horse. And um, yeah, I mean, I really I trained. I, I even decided I, I was re- learning a lot. I, that I, I even paid for some training myself. Sometimes your trainer can do that. Like I felt like I needed some help with him and, and it was great. And the horse was awesome. And it was just, it was a good day. And, uh, I had some yeah, students. that makes me yeah. so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a good day. And then my students, um, you know, again, I think going to a horse show, it's always, like I said, on that horse, the gamble worked. It could have gotten, we could have been having a very different discussion, but I was very systematic about going. And, um, and then I had a student who is wonderful, also went to Florida. We didn't do as much horse showing in Florida. The horse had some allergies. The, the, the rider had some, some um, issues, um, some back issues kind of thing. So we didn't do a lot of horse showing um, down there. And I think, we, you know, when horses are green, you know, this is a really, really good young horse. He's very well behaved, but a bag flew out of the judge's booth right in front of him. And that's tough. You know, that would be tough even on my seasoned horses, right? To have something like that happen. He was really confident around the ring. I I was thinking, yes, here we go. And I mean, (laughs) it's the first time down the center line, right? Like, and this horse has traveled a lot, but I mean, that's really scary, right? And it's just a good reminder of like, Young horses can be young horses. He was really good. He really kept it together because he had every right to be silly. Like it was scary, but he was a little bit distracted. And I think it's just a good reminder with young horses that happens. Number one, uh, that would have even any seasoned horses that would have been tricky, but sometimes, you know, we had, she was so ready. She had such a good plan. She'd really trained. And then sometimes that happens and it is hard to get back to your plan. Does that make sense? Like she was like, I had my plan and that happened. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes that happens. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how else to gotta, tell you. you. Kind of like plan on the uh, un- unplannable. Uncontrollable. You know? Uncontrollable. Yeah. Control the controllable. Or, you know, yeah. what, whatever. Like if something happens, i.e. Uh, a bag floats in front attacking of them him. or, you yeah, know, attacking I mean, horse. we've all yeah. had all these, you know, different mm-hmm. scenarios. Turkeys show yeah. up. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. You just yeah. say, okay, what, what is my strategy? Yep. What am I going to do? Right. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and that's what we talked about after, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, we had a really good plan. You were looking good. Oh. And the other thing was the horse show was running when she, it ended up running like two rides behind. So it was about 15 minutes. And, and when she went in, it was a ride as she went in, it was, it was longer. So 
that, that that is part of horse showing though. So I said to her, I said, okay, we're going to change our prep a little bit. And, uh, because everything has been so controlled and good. So that was tricky for her, right? It'd be tricky for anyone, right? Even Phil and I, even seasoned competitors, that's difficult, right? But that happens. And, and like, when I was in Florida, you know, I literally by the, by the tent, the waiters, they dropped. I mean, it felt, it sounded like they dropped 85,000 plates. They probably dropped two plates, but it was so noisy. Like you couldn't miss it. You know, and my horse was like, what? I knew that tent was scary. And I was like, okay, yep. Resin ready for that. So I think that's part of horse showing too. And that's just part of, you know, when you haven't had the horse down the center line and, and had a lot of experience, while the difference was with the horse that I was showing, I showed him all last year, quite a lot. So we had been to this venue, it'd been a year, but he'd been there. And, um, I knew he was going to be a little looky down with the judges booth. So I just planned on staying down there a second. Like we didn't go, we did not go ahead of time to school at the horse show. Just didn't work. It's far and there's no real place to stay. And we, we, we made it, we made a decision to not go. Would that horse have been better? Sure. But still, even, even if you'd done all that prep, things happen. So I think it was just a good reminder. And I wanted to kind of talk, talk about it tonight, because as you're getting ready for show season, you, you don't always make it perfect when you, when you train. And that's what I told this rider. I said, okay, we don't, I don't have an outdoor arena at my farm, but I have some lovely fields. So we're going to warm up outside. Then we're going to go in into the arena and try to mock a little bit more of it being different and changing the arenas and, you know, taking a break for 10 minutes while we are doing, um, you know, before whatever. So I, I, I will say that, like, don't be afraid to kind of, or stop and change, yeah, yeah. Your code. change it up a bit. And I mean, yeah. And, and just remember, you know, with, with all the tension and, and all the stuff at the horse show, your job is to, to uh give the horse a good experience so you know we're not we're not punishing horses or you know being you know being mean to them because they they didn't fulfill our expectations or you know whatever i think you know you're just you're you're trying to give a good experience to them so they can gain gain more confidence exactly yeah exactly so you know um yeah i just thought i would share that experience and you know again as you are more experienced with your horse and and or you have more experience that's perfect so you know it's just it that's just part of it and and even sometimes experience things happen i just think as you get you you have more miles in the ring and that's kind of the difference between a professional rider and an amateur rider right like at the end of the day professionals a lot of times have just more opportunities to get in the ring and have more just times under the belt of having a horse spook at this or that, or, um, you know, we do ride horses and things happen. And that's what I was saying in Florida. We didn't have a great experience with that horse. I actually had not had to withdraw a horse in years, but this particular horse, he saw, he just lost it. And I, did my trot work and I did my walk work and I thought, okay, I got it together. I went to go canter and this horse just lost, lost it. And that particular horse, um, you know, I've shown him at the national championships at, you know, he's a lower level horse, but I've shown him a lot. And so for him to just lose his marbles, I just put my hand up and I just said, tomorrow's another day. And the judge was great. The judge let me have a couple minutes that I could just trot him around and let him look and take a deep breath. And, um, you know, happens to the best of us. And I think when you have it happen, that was in front of like 
the all people getting judges license. <laughs> like oh, okay. the bleachers right, were yeah, full. I was like judging clinic. Yeah. Awesome. But it, my horse just, it, he's not my horse. He's owned by a dear client. And you know, it just, he just lost his, it just wasn't his day. And anyway, we went home and, and he, he needed some medical care, some, some ulcer stuff, but I didn't know before it happened. And, um, I think that happens. And, and again, that's experience just to say today is not our day. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, but it was good experience. We tried to, to make it as good as we could. And then, so it all happens. I think that's what we will also say. <laughs> so on the days that it's a little bit of a victory and Phil knows this horse and it was a great victory for the team. Uh, it makes me smile and because there's days that it's not. So, um, but as you get ready for horse show season, I hope that helps and uh, try to work on controlling the uncontrollables. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, tonight I'm really excited to have Jessica Kazmarek. She's my new friend. We met at a clinic Hello. I was hosting or giving. How are you, Jessica? Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm super, super excited to be here. We're thrilled to have you. Jessica, tell us a little bit about yourself and the company you own. Very good. My name is Jessica Kazmarek, as you said, and I own the company Above and Beyond Custom Equestrian, um, and I work in partnership with the Distinguished Rider. I'm a representative for Kingsley uh, Boots, made in Portugal, but the company is based in the Netherlands. And then there are a couple of other brands that I'm able to represent through the Distinguished Rider, but I started working or selling boots primarily with Kingsley. And I am an FBI level amateur dressage rider. And so um, it was a really exciting adventure for me to take this on and learn more about boots. And I love fashion. So it was a perfect fit. I love it. Well, we were chatting after the clinic. You were, you know, putting away your boots and you had lots of them there, lots of fun options. Uh, but you were chatting with me about boot care. And I said, you know, yeah. Jessica, we, Phil and I have done this show for coming close to 11 years and we've never talked about how to take care of your boots properly. So I'm going to hand it back to you and tell us a little bit about, I mean, you gave me some great tips in literally two seconds when we were standing there. So I'm going to let you get started with those. The first, the first thing that I, or first two things I like to tell people is you need to waterproof your boots and you need to take care of your zippers, particularly as trainers, because trainers are so incredibly hard on their boots and it's really simple. It's really easy. It doesn't take a ton of time. Um, and particularly because I know so many people, as much as we're supposed to, do not take their boots off when we go in the wash stall. And water is number one enemy for leather and for your boots. So I always tell everybody to invest in a really good waterproofing spray. And before you even put your brand new boots on, spray the foot of your boot, um, paying close attention to the seams. If you have a toe cap, making sure that that toe cap is covered. And then the seams at the heel and near the zipper. And 
around the base of the sole because that really just helps to protect the boot from breaking down because the longer that boot and that leather is wet, the faster it's going to disintegrate. And then taking care of your zippers is equally as important because, as you know, zippers are one of the first things to go when you ride in your boots all day long. And so the most simple thing that you can do is to keep a clean toothbrush in your groom box or anywhere that you're is going to be close to where you're taking your boots off at the end of the day. You get it damp, you scrub up and down the length of your zipper, and then you can use either clipper oil, which is the quick fix, and run a bead of that up and down your zipper before you have unzipped it, or use a zipper glide. And I sell a product um, through the Christian Low Leather Care line that's called Zipper Glide. It looks like a little stick of deodorant for your zippers, and it works really well also. Yeah, I think that so there's are- uh, a, a great need for, uh, you know, this discussion because we, we all have these boots, whether you're, you you know, you've got a pair to ride in daily or whether you've got a show pair. You, you I mean, they're not cheap, so you want to really take no. care of them. And uh, there's some great products out there. I know I have one at the barn that, that sort of, it includes uh, a little brush and the and some lubricant for for the zippers all in one. Yes, so I, yes. I believe Leovet is one of the companies that has a nice zipper cleaner and um, brush as well. Um, there's a, there's a few different companies out there that have um, have them. The other thing I like to use, do you know, what a can of air is you use them to spray the dirt out of your keyboard keyboards. at your computer. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. You can use that as well to blow the dust out of your zippers. And so if you've had a particularly long day and standing in the dirt all day, it helps to just clear some of that debris out and it helps last, or excuse me, it helps lengthen the life of the zipper. Yeah. See, this is awesome because let's be real. I've never done this ever. So I I didn't even know that was a thing. Honestly, guys, yes. this is why Jessica's here. Thank you, Jessica. I'm like, I even have a can of air in my, like, in my tack room. I use it on my MagnaWave. So what? This is great. I'm so thankful. This is, yes. I'm going to have to Amazon all of this stuff, like, right now. Yes. And great. there are another suggestion, too, as far as avoiding wet boots. Um, I, when I ride in the summer, my boots are soaked when I'm done. Boot dryers, they're a really simple, a really simple and easy Amazon purchase. You put your boot on upside down and it blows air into your boot. That's a great option to try and dry your boots out. Cedar boot trees. And I also really like cotton-filled boot trees. And I try to have a couple pair of those. I, of course, as a boot rep, may or may not have an entire collection of boots. But prior to this, I had my schooling pair and I had my show pair and they had to last because I could not afford for them not to. So I had a couple different ways that I kept my boots dry and I had two different sets of the cotton boot boot trees and then a cedar boot tree and would switch them out when they came out of a wet pair of boots just to keep, again, keep that boot dry. And I also really encourage if you're able to get your hands on a leather care product with tea tree oil in it, 
Um, tea tree oil helps to combat bacteria. And when we have a sweaty boot and we take it off and throw it in our tack room and don't clean it and, and let it flop over sideways and whatever it is we're going to do to our poor boots, the tea tree oil, if you wipe it on the inside, helps to combat the mold that can occur, particularly in humid environments, which, you know, everybody down south has to fight humidity. So it's hard to keep your boots good and dry. I loved this tip. I was like, Jessica, where were you two months ago when I was in Florida? Like, this is awesome. Tea tree oil, like genius. That's so smart. I I love that. Jessica hooked me up. She's like, you need this. (laughs) Clearly you need some help. So no, I think it's fantastic because I am notoriously hard on boots and I go through them super fast. And now I'm like, huh, I wonder if I did what Jessica told me. I wonder why. That would yeah. help. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but well, uh, no, this is. And I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. I think any trainer, I mean, there are so many really great boots out there, you know, and I am a huge promoter of a quality boot, no matter what it is you love. But trainers are murderers of boots. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, it is super, super hard to keep a trainer in a boot for much longer than a year or so because you're hard on them. So leather choice is also a really important factor when you're looking at schooling boots because there are different leather choices out there that make a better, more long-lasting boot. And so taking care of your zippers, keeping things waterproofed, and for a trainer, I usually tell them you need to be waterproofing that boot once a week or you need to have a fabulous working student who knows how to take meticulous care of your boots for you and have them on top of that for you. Because I think, you know, just that little bit of care makes a huge difference in how long they last. And just uh, not speaking for a friend, asking for myself, what kind, you're talking about what leather. So talk to me about what, what do I need here? All right. Well, there are multiple types of leather out there. There's the pretty patent leather and the pretty polished leather. And there is your traditional black format type leather. Kingsley has multiple different types of leather. Um, De Niro, I know, makes most of their rot leathers. Rot is W-R-A-T, come water resistant. But for Kingsley, I can speak of our Paxton leather and then our Gaucho leathers, which Gaucho leather is a waterproof leather, and our Paxton leather is a little more textured and is a really durable leather. And so the worst schooling leather in the world is patent leather. It's beautiful, but it doesn't really stretch. It doesn't really breathe. And the minute you scrape it, it's impossible to fix. It stays scraped forever. And that is also the same for brushed leather or polished leather. It's not quite as shiny as patent but it's shinier than your basic black boot. And so they're beautiful leathers and they make for schooling boots, they make a nice accent, but they're a very poor choice for an everyday boot, unless you have multiple boots, which many trainers do and uh, many amateurs do too. And so when you are able to rotate your boots out, it makes a lot more sense to have that pretty fancy leather, but for an everyday tough boot, Avoiding polished leather and patent leather is really, really important. And then if you can find a leather that has either waterproofing, like again, De Niro is a brand that has a wrought leather that it comes already, or like I said, the Kingsley has 
the gaucho leather, those just are going to stand up a little bit better to everyday use because you're not going to take your boots off in, in the wash stall. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so no, I love it. I'm like, I'm not. Like, <laughs> right. And, and so, I mean, I have a list of things that you should avoid doing with your boots, but realistically, it's really hard to do that. Even as an amateur, if I have multiple things to do, I'm just going to leave my boots on. Um, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people, and I will say there are a lot of people who take beautiful care of their boots and I have the utmost respect and gratitude for them, but it is tough. I mean, trainers work really hard and you work all day and you're riding multiple horses and teaching multiple lessons. And the last thing you want to have to worry about is peeling your boots on and off and cleaning them. So being able to clean your boots is, is a really important skill. And if, if it's something that you know you don't have time for and there's, I love cleaning boots. I love cleaning and polishing boots. I'm well known for this. There's videos of me long before I started doing this, teaching kids how to polish their boots and clean their boots appropriately. So having somebody in your barn that's good at that is also really going to help for a trainer anyway, extend the life of your boots for you. I love it. Well, Jessica, if our listeners have any more questions or want to find you online, how do they do that? I am found online. You can find me on on Facebook um, at Above and Beyond Custom Equestrian is my Facebook page. My website is currently under construction, but you can go to thedistinguishedrider.com for leather care, for information on multiple different brands of boots. She has uh, a seven page boot care guide. And that's actually the boot care guide that I give to my clients when they purchase boots from me. And she, um, has some really great tips as well. That is my business partner, Marissa. And so until my poor website is up and, and raring to go, you can absolutely visit me on Facebook or check out the distinguished Fantastic. Thank you so much. We're the Healthy Critters Crew. I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. If you're a horse lover, dog lover, cat lover, llama lover, chicken lover, parrot lover, paw and hooves and feathers lover, Healthy Critters is for you. We have fascinating guests, nutrition tips, information on various critters, and the only talking Pomeranian dog on the radio. Hello, everyone. Join us for our bi-monthly laughter-filled romps on HRN. Brought to you by Biostar U.S. Well, tonight we are so happy to have back by popular demand, Jody Kelly from Jody Kelly Dressage, FEI rider and trainer. Jody, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so lucky. I've been able to hang out with you in the last couple of weeks down here in Wellington. Um, so, of course, on our night off, we're in between five star. Grand Prix and the Freestyle Night, I said, do you mind to talk to us on the show? Because I just think we have some fun things to talk about together. And my my first is you've been down here in Wellington and you have your wonderful horse, Grayton, with you and kind of made me think about when I was thinking about the show of, you know, how do you pick a Grand Prix horse. He he is really coming on as a Grand Prix horse. It's his first year. So I just wanted to kind of have us, all three of us talk about 
when we look at horses, because I think we're all looking for FEI horses, how did you pick him as, cause you've had him since he was a baby, baby guy. So mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. to kind of talk, talk to you about that. So can you tell us about Grayton and your adventures with yeah. him and, and we'll go from there. Yes. So, so I have all of my Grand Prix horses. I've gotten as three-year-olds and have trained all the way up. I love the babies. I love the youngsters. I truly love the journey. I, I love being in the Grand Prix ring, but I, I love the process of the whole the whole training process as well. So I I do like the the young horses. I I think when you're looking, I think one of the most important things is to whether you're looking yourself or whether you have somebody looking for you, um, is to have somebody that at least is that you're going to bounce it off of that knows you, knows your riding really well, and I, I think can collaborate with you. I think that's really really important, especially if if you have somebody looking for your horse for you. And that's where I'm really lucky. My trainer uh, from Holland, Tuan, who I've been riding with him since I was 11. Um, so I have found a majority of my personal horses through him. And and he and I are at the point now where he kind of keeps an eye out for horses for me and will call me when he sees something that he thinks is, is something maybe for me that kind of will check on boxes. I, I personally like the, I like them a little bit hotter. I. I'm not the one, I'm not one to really go for the ones that are too, um, quick and zippy, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm big, I'm Paul. So I like the bigger horses. So I usually have a, have an eye for the ones that have like the big power. Of course they have to be sharp enough. They have to be quick enough, but, um, I'm, you know, you have kind of the, the luxury models and then the sports car type. And, uh, I, I feel like I kind of go more for the, the luxury model. <laughs> Um, I get so you. Like, a, a grand, a grand yeah. touring. Because like, I just remember I was looking when I, when I went to try Grayton, um, I had, Twan had found one other one for me before that. And I went over and I, I stood up on the mounting block and granted it's a three-year-old. So like no big deal, but I, I stood up on the mounting block and it like snapped back and like took off and was like, wide-eyed and we it took us a little while to catch him because uh somebody else was holding him and but like when i stepped up he like snapped and like so to me like that type that that kind of reaction is not that fiery thing is not so much for me but i like the ones that have like that big power and and um kind of more the elegance it's just kind of my style but then the other thing that i really look for i'll never forget i, I grew up going to holland and looking at endless horses with Tuan um, when I was young and just watching them. And I'll never forget, I walked into a barn in Germany with him one day and we were there to look at this young horse and it was already in the indoor. We looked at it, walked in and it had these magnificent gates and it was, I still remember it was a gray horse and I was going down the long side with his knees up to his eyeballs and it was this huge canter, this huge trot, like magnificent. And he looked at me and he said, do you like that one? And I was like, oh, Yeah. And he said, that's never going to be an FEI horse. And I was like, what could you possibly be talking about? Like he, he had <laughs> such big gates and such beautiful way of going in my 13 year old mind. And we really analyzed it. And he said, this horse is very cool. It's very beautiful, but his gates were so big. He said, he's never going to be able to collect back to the smaller gates. He said, so when everything at the young horse stuff, which I think sometimes you see that in the young horse division, the horses that that really excel. I'm not saying all of them by any means, but a lot of the young horses that excel in the young horse test 
don't always make it to the FEI, particularly to the Grand Prix, because the huge extreme movements that the young horses often have that get the big points in the in the lower levels and the young horse stuff are not always the ones capable of collecting. But that was such a pivotal moment for me when I was standing. I still remember the indoor. I still remember all of it. And so I'm saying that it's not going to be a Grand Prix horse. So you look for the ones with with the really good quality gates that are in the middle that have the adjustability that you can see that there's growth and power to go bigger, but that there's also enough compact way in the movement that you can see the future for the, the pirouette canner and the, the Piaf and Passage gates too, you know? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm so, I'm so glad that you you know, we started talking about this because it is about, you know, adjustability. Yeah. You know, lots yeah. of horses will, will, will just go big. Right. But Right. But, you know, how many of them will go will go smaller and and just even if they're not as fancy, you know, you have to right. at some point assess whether the horse is going to is going to be able to to get small, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. And, I always say that the pendulum has to be able to swing both ways yeah. and it yes. needs to swing both ways equally. However big you make them, they need to be able to go equally small. So maybe they can't go super, super big, but if they can go equally that small in the other direction, then that to me is way more quality for a ground prix horse than the ones that have those big, that can, you know, do extended trot and extended canter for a nine, you know? And guys, don't you think, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. I think the three of us on a call, we, we, we're looking for Grand Prix horses, right? I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I don't really want to ride this. I mean, I've done the small tour, but at the end of the day, I really want a Grand Prix horse. So mm-hmm. I think, that's important to know too, because if you are looking for a young horse or maybe a pre-St. George horse, the horse that you saw in your mind, maybe that was the right horse. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to say that because I think that's important to know sort of what you're looking at when you're looking for a youngster. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to ride a pre-St. George for sure. I'm going to ride the I1. Yeah, of course. But at the end, oh yeah, absolutely. You, you have to, you have to go think, through the process. That's part of the journey, but yep. you have to know what your end goal is for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So Phil, um, I think Jody did a phenomenal job. Is there anything else that you look for in, in uh, prospect as you're looking for them? Well, I mean, just, just one of the things that goes, you know, part and parcel of, of that adjustability is also, you know, are they, are they back movers? You know, do they move everything yeah, through, you know, from the hips through the, body. Through the back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in, into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into kind of a, a lifting wither or, are, do they get a little bit hollow and just start lifting the legs? How, how, do, how do they create the, the leg movement? Is it through the back and suspension or are they just, you know, ooh, you know, and then the legs are going everywhere and, you know, and, and, that, and that's a bit of a problem to try to contain and, and uh, it, it's, it's problematic anyways, if, if the horse just, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. pushes okay. away from the rider's weight and, and just get, you know, gets going you know, spectacular leg movement, but, but not really through the back. And, and, right. and that, that's mm-hmm. a bit of a problem to try to retrain or, you know, so, you know, something like that, you know, a lot, a lot of horses at the auctions will be leg movers, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. but, but are they really with the rider? No, they're, they're pushing away from the rider through their, their hips and, and through their back because it's, it's hard to, to, you know, move in a spectacular way. And, and I think that, you know, you just have to spend your time, on, on all the real basic stuff, you know, is, is the horse really with the rider and, and moving through the back or are they just, 
you know, big, 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 and then, ooh, you know, screech to a halt and, and, in, and in no way really uh, moving through themselves, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a good way. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I think along those lines, um, too, that it's important, like, as it, when you're looking at a young horse, that what their natural instinct is will always be. You know, I, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, they'll grow out of that or they'll be, they, you can train them out of that or whatever. But like what you said, like that natural instinct of the way they use their body as a young horse, that always will be. Things will get stronger. Things will get better in, in obviously in certain ways and areas through training. But, but what their natural instinct is, is always there, which again is why I like, I come in about that horse that jumps away from the mounting block. Like, sure, it's a young horse, no big deal. But like that quick fearful reaction to me is a, is a, a natural reaction for them. That's always in there. So like, that's why I look at those things with a young horse too. Like, how do they, how do they handle somebody stepping up on the mounting block? Are they inquisitive? Are they, is there, you know, cause that whatever their, their first instinct, natural reaction, although the age and mature and all of those things. But to me, that's always still a little bit in them. For yeah, better, and, for and, yeah. I was just <laughs> going to say that in, yep. in, uh, in Europe, you know, you know, over here in North America, we love our mounting blocks. In Europe, yeah, y- you may try a horse that has never seen a mounting block, and it's right. like, you know, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, at, at, at the auctions, they will just throw up, a, you know, just yeah. throw up, a, you know, even if it's a tall horse and and a short person, they just, you know, um, give a oh, leg yeah. up and and yeah. and get going. So you go, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah. that can be a bit of a unexpected reaction. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. To yeah. having to stand at a block, and you know, that's one of the things that I I teach my young horses, you know, right from when they're like three, two, and three years old, is just stand by the mounting block, you know, whatever. I'll get, I'll give them some sugar, but you know, they've got to be relaxed uh, about mm-hmm. about the mounting process for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, yes. No, and I think that that's a, such a good point. And and for me, character and personality actually plays a part for me because I know oh, I'm yeah. going to spend a lot of time with this horse over mm-hmm. the years. So yeah. sometimes I've seen horses and, you know, I just don't connect with them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, in, like Absolutely. a horse in training, right? It's not my horse. Like I'm here to do a job and, and I, I'm going to be kind and love it, but it's not going to be my horse. You know, for mm-hmm. me, when I, I find my horses, the, the, the personality has to, has to mesh as well. Not only do uh, all the other things, that's why it's, it's so difficult to find a horse that you can find it three and make it a Grand Prix horse. Like there's so many different factors. How how about, yeah. How about, uh, yeah. Personality playing into buying a foal. I mean, that, that was something that, uh, you know, uh, Meredith and I bought, bought a foal during, you know, during the pandemic, everybody was buying puppies and and we bought a horse, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) that was just one of the thing, you know, uh, it's just like, you know, Meredith, she was like, oh, is that a good enough mover? And I'm like, I don't care. You know, she, she came up and she <laughs> snuggled and she didn't want anything to do with her mom. And, 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 you know, that, that, that was, that's what's so important for, for me anyways. Yeah. 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 No, it's a huge factor, huge, huge factor. Yeah. So I think that that's important. So, and I do think it's really important to see horses. Like if you buy them in Europe or, or here, go actually see that horse in a stall, loose in a mm-hmm. stall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Watch them get tacked up, yeah, and and yep. and all of that stuff because you're you're the one who's going to have to do that. And if they're rearing on the cross sides, you better know that, right? So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Send it to Phil. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Thank you. 
<laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, oh my God, I'd be like, what is that? Why is it doing that? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think that's important. If you like that, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I want no part of that. So no, I think it's, it's great. So Jody, any, anything that we haven't covered? I think it's a lot of information, but it, it can be done. It's, it's what the three of us yeah. do all the time now. Absolutely. Yeah, I also think, too, that, you know, when you buy these horses, especially when you buy them young, I think it's important. I'm a huge advocate for for the horses also determining if they're actually going to make it, you know, because because let's be honest, not every horse that we even even with an educated eye, not all the three year olds that we buy actually do make it to the Grand Prix. Uh, And I feel like it's really important that as trainers that we represent the horses to the best of our ability to be who they can be the best at, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, like I have a, I have a horse for instance that I've had since he was a young horse. It's a client's horse. And, um, we got him all the way up to the Grand Prix. He absolutely could do the Grand Prix, but he did not want to, like he just straight up didn't want to, he had the talent for it. He had all the ability and we got him up to it and he could do it. He could clock out the ones. He could do the pass massage, but he just, it wasn't in him. And so we dropped him down. A kid has him now. He's doing the small tour with him. He's the happiest horse alive. And, you know, like we could have kicked him through the Grand Prix and it could have been done, but it, it just, to me, it wasn't in the horse's best interest. And, and I really think that's important. I have another mare that I got, I bought as a foal. So again, you have great hopes for him. And I, I got her to the pre-St. George and and her heart wasn't in it. She had, she, again, she had all the things and it was coming along and, and probably I could have wrestled her around a Grand Prix. I, I think I, I think I could have gotten the job done, but at the end of the day, she's, she's really happy doing the lower levels and she excels at it and it doesn't seem like a struggle for her. So I think that's, I think that's a huge part that, that we as trainers really need to respect the horses for not just what they can do, but what their desire is also. I think that's, that's really important that sometimes gets overlooked. Like, okay, this one has the talent. This one has the mind even because a lot of those horses that you can really kick them through, they've got the mind to go, yeah, okay, fine. But if you, if you truly take the time to, to listen to the horse, some of them just, they just don't, their heart's not in it, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's well said. We've all yeah. had that horse. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Tough. Yeah. And, but, and it's a tough, it's a tough break when you get that far and you go, you know what? I just don't want to do it. But, but yeah. I think you, you have to, you have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not all horses are going to be Grand Prix horses or stay Grand Prix horses or want to continue yeah. being Grand. you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's such a small margin. I think that's why, you know, there's only so many in the world that will end up getting there. You know, and they also, yeah. you know, we, we haven't yeah. talked about soundness and, and, and veterinary issues. And I mean, that's, that's yeah. literally a whole nother discussion. That's a whole um, nother subject. But, the, but yeah. I mean, I mean, with the horses that stay sound, that stay, that are capable, that, that it's, then it's our responsibility. You know, when, when they, something happens medically, then, then you have to, you know, then it's, then we have no choice, you know, and it's, it's a heartbreak, but you take, they take themselves out of it essentially, but it's, it's that responsibility for us to listen to them and go, you know what, this is a healthy, happy, sound horse that really just wants to do the small tour. And we have yeah. to know when to walk away and, and leave that alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's difficult. It is a hard thing. So, you know, to see mm-hmm. you and Grayton in that Grand Prix, I mean, it just makes Yay, me so happy for it. you. We I mean, still have a long way to go. <laughs> just because we've yes. made it down that center line a few times doesn't mean we've got it. <laughs> no, like and that's starting it. all over again. <laughs> yes, and that's the other thing when you get to the Grand Prix. You're basically oh, yeah. like you just you just are starting we're just scratching the surface <laughs> yeah. oh well it's so fun to watch you guys and i'm gonna keep Aww. being your biggest cheerleader and uh Thank yeah you. <laughs> we uh, we were we sat and watched several grand prix last night together which was actually really fun to really sit down and yeah. watch the grand prix ridden by professional riders if you get that out do it because you've learned so many things we saw the best oh, canner zigzag we've ever seen. Uh, Ashley Holzer oh, re- wrote it last night. It was phenomenal. Uh, so, you know, you keep learning and doing, and, and we're just excited for you. And uh, Jody, how can our listeners find you online to, to watch your journey as well? I am on Facebook, Jody Kelly um, or Jody Kelly Dressage. And then I, I'm actually in the middle of revamping my website. So, jodykellydressage.com is not active quite this second but it will be again and with a whole new whole new facelift actually <laughs> that's so exciting <laughs> congratulations jody and we can't wait to watch your thank journey. you <laughs> thanks well tonight we are so excited to have wendy murdoch back in the show hi wendy how have you been hi. Oh, it's been an interesting month since I talked to you last. Has it been a month? I don't know. I, I was actually just thinking that. I'm like, I love when Wendy comes on. I was like, didn't we just have Wendy on? And I think it's been <laughs> a very fast month. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. There's been so much happening this month. It's been crazy. It's been busy. You yeah. have been particularly busy. We are all, you are always busy. We love, yeah. we love hearing about where's Wendy. You know, yeah, so it's like when, we're, Wendy's we're, adventures. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> where's Waldo? Where's Wendy? So where has Wendy been this month? Oh, so I, I just got back from uh, Equina Fair in Ohio. Had a great time. Oh, by the way, I saw Glenn and did a little spot on HRN. Oh, in, yeah. in the morning. I thought you guys would have been, you know, able to, <laughs> to hook up there. Yep. Yep. Went over there and had an interview. Um, had a great time, did surefoot, did my 50 fixes for riding. And then I did, I have a lecture, I call it balanced posture of behavior. And the crowd was awesome. They loved it. I had standing room only for that lecture. And it's just, you know, of course I entertain the crowd. I, I have to. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Wendy entertained my college (laughs) class, which is like a miracle. Because normally I'm like, Wendy, they're they they usually are asleep. Just just they were trying to fall asleep, but I wouldn't. They were, and Wendy's like, everybody up, and I was like, I love her so. (laughs) She made the whole class like they were like, what, what, oh, half asleep. Is that a is that a Feldenkrais demonstration or? I I did a little Feldenkrais demo. Yep, and I just you know if you get people up out of the chair so they feel something and then put them back down ten minutes. Minutes. Every ten minutes, get them out of their chair. Get them up. You know, okay, I, I don't have I don't have that patience. My, yeah, my horse demos too. <laughs> I do the same thing. I make them stand up in the stands and and do something with them, and I entertain the crowd and keep doing surefoot under the horses. It's awesome. See, this is why when you would be a better college professor than me. Me, I'm just like, wake up, everyone. Where's coffee? Let's go. Pay attention. I don't know if I could do that every day. I can do. I do that on in short bursts infrequently. That's my style. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How cool. Yeah. That is so fun. And you did a live demo with Surefoot. That's that's pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I had uh, six horses, which in 45 minutes. So yeah, um, it was, it was, I was busy. Let's put it that way. But yeah, you were. The, the crowd loved it. They they loved it and they got it. You know, they 
saw the yeah. change because we had a little bit of a challenge with, you know, some driving horses that went by and a couple of them got a little upset, but then I used the surefoot pads and they calm right down and oh my God. I had it. Yeah, I had this draft horse and she was ace. You know, she was like, oh. the woman was like, be careful. When I, she was big, I was standing in front of her. She's like, be careful. I'm like, why? She might run you over. No, she wouldn't. And I did the pads and the next thing her neck is down and she was yawning. I just love it. So That's, cool. Yeah. An equine affair for anyone who's <laughs> not been there. It is, <laughs> it's everything. And when, it? you just yeah. see things that you're you like, it all, yeah. Oh, I mean, you get it all. And um, the, the dressage rider in me is like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you see everything. Zorro. I mean, I I, I had the pleasure of, of doing Fantasia there um, with my international horse, Casper. And it was oh, wow. wonderful. It was so cool. It was sold out three nights, sold out crowd. The first night, he was a little bit nervous. The second night, he's like, this is fun. By the third night, he's like, listen... That that glitter that glitter's gotta go. I'm like, oh no, we're we're doing this again, big guy. We're showtime. Yeah. One more time. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding me? But um, uh, yeah, he was pretty good to the very end, and and literally Zaro came around the corner and like did his whip, and I I also <gasps> wow died. I was I almost had a heart attack on top of the horse. The horse almost had a heart. It was awful, but it, you really see it all there. Everything <laughs> you, you survived. can imagine Look, and you more. Survived yeah, I, the it, it, so did you. So when you yeah. told me you did a live demo, I was like, "You're amazing." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun of it, you know. Let's see what's going to happen, and it's real. You know, it either works or it doesn't, and it did. You know, Again, so. that's so, why um, Wendy is fun, and I'm yeah. not. I was I just about had a heart attack <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> You're a dressage rider. Everything has to be under control. Exactly. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So what I was going to ask is, what is the most con- like you, you do a lot of these demos out there, you know, with Surefoot and and uh, that kind of stuff. So what is the most common question that people have for you? Well, it's changed. It used okay. to be, do you strap it to their feet? Um, that was in the beginning. It was yep. like, no, don't strap it no. to their feet. You know, it's really interesting that I'm not getting the kind of weird questions I used to get. I think I think it's been out there enough that people are starting to get it and they're starting yeah. to see it there because I didn't have. No, I know the number one question. Which pad okay. should I start with? That's the number. Which pad should I that's start fair. with? That's fair. That's the I number start? one yeah, question. Where's my, where's I my start? Where's my yeah. starting point? Okay. And so I have a quiz on the shop on shop.surefootequine.com. There's a quiz and you just take the quiz and it really is helpful um, because typically, you know, if it's anything but calm, you start with hard. And if it's calm, you can start with firm. But, it, you know, it's like just stick with the ba- the simple, simple things. And, you know, people are surprised when I tell them that. But it's like starting any exercise program. If you go to physical therapy, they don't start you with the hardest thing first. They start you with something that, you know, to kind of get you started and get you going. And then they gradually increase increase the difficulty. So that's why you got to start with hard, which is the most stable path, especially if you're dealing with any of these nervous horses, right? And then right. your your firm starts having some lateral instability. So you can start, you know, the, they can sway a little bit more on that and they can move a little more. So, you know, I always tell people, start simple, start with hard, hard slants or a half physio pad and just test the waters and see what happens. I had a woman that actually, while I was there, bought two half physio pads, went home Used them with her horse, had such amazing results. She came back and bought a pair of firm slants. Oh, that's so cute. Yep. yep. She she was so excited about what she saw, the changes she saw on her horse just from from the half physiopad that she came back. And it was great. She showed me videos. She showed me videos of her horse right there. It's so awesome. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. 
I love hey, before it. I forget, before I forget, I got to tell you, I got two slots open for Safari because we had a cancellation. So I have two oh, yes. slots for Safari in September, September oh. 11 to 19th. And so if anybody wants to join me on Safari, you don't have to ride the, you can be in the vehicle. It's okay. If, you know, if you don't want to be on horseback, it's totally fine. You got a spouse and it's nine days on the Masai Mara and it's mobile oh. tent camp. It's glamping. It's so gourmet. I would and, so um, do this. This yeah. sounds like a dream. I'm going to, it's during my regionals. <laughs> oh, oh bummer. I, I'm going to do this, Wendy, with you. This is so okay. great. The riding, everybody, because again, we've talked about races, not very brave. Wendy's like, <laughs> you can ride in, and I have, I have been on safari before in South Africa and it is life changing. And yeah. seriously, if it wasn't during my regional championships, I would, I would be like, I'm doing it. I'm coming. Awesome. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is I like, TJ, it. we've had people that have gone on safari and they've, you know, I mean, they come home and make huge decision changes. You know, they were like trying to make decisions. And the Brad always says the Mara knows what you need. And it's so, so you just get out there. It's so peaceful. And it's so, I don't know what it is about the land, but it's amazing. And it just yeah. helps clarify, right? You just get really clear about what life's about. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, 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 Africa's amazing. It's a cool thing. I, so I truly, I wouldn't be on that plane if it wasn't okay. literally the same weekend, but I'm coming with you, Wendy. That is my okay. uh, that is my bucket list goal. So I'm just awesome. just saying. Well, I love it. Well, Wendy, how can we find where you've been, what you're up to? Where can we find all your info? Okay, so you can go to murdochmethod.com and you can go to the Safari tab and learn more about Safari or just email me at wendy at wendymurdoch.com. That's easy for people to remember, right? It's my name with an H. Um, yeah. And just remember, I got the whole rider course coming up. Well, I'll be putting out more information on Facebook. You can find information there at the Murdoch method Facebook page and, um, you know, Surefoot always, there's the Surefoot page and the shop Surefoot equine.com. So, you know, if you get, I'm, I'm going to make a flow chart. I'm going to make a flow chart cause I'm getting confused. <laughs> I, I love a good flow chart. Me too. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, Wendy, yep. thank you as always. And, uh, seriously checking the bucket list for me. I'm coming with you, girl. All right. I'm amazing. looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, girl, we'll have a blast. Oh, well, yeah. As for always, sure. we love having you. Thanks for coming on. And we can't wait for next month to hear about All more right. adventures. Great to talk to you. Take care. Well, Phil, we have a trainer tip of the week this week. Um, you and I saw some things online and we wanted to just discuss a little bit about sort of finding the right trainer, kind of setting yourself up for success, but also if it doesn't work, how to kind of kindly exit the relationship. So basically what we saw online was that a rider did not like the methods that the trainer was using, but you could kind of see when you when you watched or listened to this this story. And we don't know the story. I just happened to pull it off and, and wanted to chat about it because I thought it was important um, about finding the right trainer. And that is, I think it's important when you want to find the correct trainer that you set yourself up for success, right? Wouldn't you say? I, I, I get uh, a bunch of emails about, you know, I'm looking for a trainer and, you know, Blah, blah, blah. So I think you should prepare the person you've contacted in, in an email or in a, in a message or in a phone call. Like, here's what I'm looking for, right? Like, what is the goal? You know, before before I even say yes or no, or, you know, I can help you or I don't think I can help you. You know, you've got to you've got to kind of match, you know, what are the goals? 
you know, but before, you know, what, when contacted the person, right. And, and, you right. know, what, what are your values? What, what is, you know, what are you trying to achieve? These kinds of things. And, and then, and then the person say, I, I think I can, you know, I think I, I might be a good match or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, because it's kind of like, I don't know, I kinda, it's kind of like dating. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, yeah, it hey, you know, this is what, this is what I'm about. What's your specialty? You know? So, mm-hmm. um, I think people know from, you know, the way I discuss things. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of a, a, a competition trainer. So first and foremost, you know, are you licensed, certified, uh, insured? You yes. know, the reason I talk about this as being, you know, the, the starting point, right? Because if you are none of those things, how are you qualified to coach people to ride? Yes. I think that's really important too, Phil. I think when you work with someone that's certified, they have been at least evaluated by a group of trainers. And And somebody else has said, oh, you know, this person is, you know, qualified to to coach. Yes. You've had some medical, basic medical training, right? You've had, um, we have to pass technical, you have to pass, you know, a a theoretical exam. You've had some, doesn't make all certified people perfect right? We all struggle with being better, but it is somebody that is taking the initiative to get a credential. So um, we also understand in the US and in Canada or throughout the world, it is difficult to find certified people sometimes. So sometimes that's not an option in your area. Boy, it would be good if people really started to have that as a requirement, right? I think that would be helpful for all, right? Um, Because a lot of trainers sometimes you know, they've done really well in competition, right? Sometimes those people can't teach because they've not been trained to teach, right? Sometimes they're great, right? Yeah, we I mean, know. I, yeah, I think it's it's important to say that people who are certified are not all great trainers and everybody yes. who is, you know, every trainer that's not certified isn't, you know, uh, a, a problem, but uh, I think it's a starting point. And yes. You know, oh, that, 100 and. British Horse Society, um, there's a lot of different organizations, right? You know, in, in the U.S., there's obviously the USDF certification in Canada. It's uh, Dressage Canada. Um, Equine Canada. Yeah. Equine, sorry. Equine Canada. Sorry. <laughs> it was so close. Um, so, you know, but again, British Horse Society, there's there are other organizations as well, depending on, on where you're going. So I, I 100% agree that you should go first to your certified people. Then truly... I also think that you should go to competitions and you should watch, right? You should look around and you should look and see what, how people's students are turned out, how the horses look, how the professional looks. I think that that all is part of this, right? Uh, it's, it's not necessarily a popularity contest. That's actually really important to say, but just watch, right? I'm sometimes just looking if you go and the horses are, are, are beautifully turned out. Uh, the riders are, uh, you know, you know, a professional looking rider versus a non-professional looking rider. Right. I think that's really important to, to also look at also, you know, you have your association, right. You can see in the year end standings. That's another way of kind of looking at, at how riders are and how their students are doing. Um, and then I think obviously word of mouth is really important. And that's kind of where I wanted to come in and say, not every trainer is going to get along with every rider, right? And that's the dating part. 
And I will say, I mean, I, you know, I, I have wonderful students that have come. I've had people come and go like it happens, right? It's kind of like also having a doctor, right? You may go to a doctor and you may think, okay, this is the doctor for me. And then they're just not for you. And that's okay, right? So usually you will 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 move on. Um, the problem is in our sport, a lot of times it's such a small community of riders and coaches, right? So it's hard to move on and and it's emotional to move on. But you know, when you're looking at trainers and you're, you know, maybe watching at a competition or or maybe you go to a clinic or or something and you're you're just kind of evaluating that person, you know, if you're really into, for example, classical dressage and good, bad, or indifferent. That's not, not, that's not the point, but you go to then a competition trainer, those goals may not match up. Right. Phil. yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going yeah, with that. And, and that's where I, I think like the more communication before you even get that person out to your farm or, or, you know, before you ever even, um, start working together, you, you would, you would make yourself cl- clearly known that the, these are my goals and this is what I want to get out of it. And this is, you know, so that so there's lots of discussion before anyone sets foot in your arena or or however the, however that goes, so that the person arriving there has heard you, has accepted that contract, and and is is willing to uh, willing to help you in in whatever you need to do, right? And how and and yes. how you can how you can match methods as well, right? So that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think matching methods are certain things. And then, then I think when you go for a lesson, sometimes everyone's going to have a little bit of a different way of doing things. And so I love Phil that you said that, like, if you're coming for a lesson, uh, you know, at my farm, um, or, or let, let's say, you know, I was just in Florida and I would go to, to someone's lesson. Right. So I'm, I put myself in the role of the student versus the coach. Right. And so when I'm ready to go for my lesson, you know, the first thing I say is, you know, what are the instructions when I get to the farm? You know, how do I get in? In Florida, there's 2000 gates, you know, what are the codes? What time would you like me to arrive? Right. What time do I need to be on my horse? Would you like my horse warmed up? Would you like to see my horse, you know, um, fresh, you know, basically just getting on, is there a place to lunge if you were to need to lunge? Is there a safe place to do that? Um, if I need to do that, is it okay that I come 15 minutes early? You know, I think it's important, to, again, to have that communication so you have that contract. Some coaches may say, gosh, I would really love it for you to come and be warmed up 15 minutes ahead of your lesson time. So if you start it at uh, 12.30, you're you're on at 12.15, right? And, and I usually ask that ahead of time. You know, what time would you like me to to arrive and what time would you like me on my horse? The worst thing you can do for a lesson is roll up with a trailer and your lesson starts at 1.30 and you pull in at 1.28. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's not enough time, right? For anybody. So I think that's really important that you just say that out loud because some coaches may may want you on. Some may say, hey, you know, I'd like to see your warm up or, hey, you know, or, I want to I wanna see start to finish what you're doing. Right. So, um, you know, come at one 30 and, and let me see the whole, the whole shebang or, Hey, you know, we're working on, on getting ready for a competition. Yeah. I want to see X or Y. And sometimes that your coach may not say it. And I think that's the other thing is sometimes coaches will have things that they're particular about and you may not understand why at the time, and they may not have time to explain it. So for example, this happened this week. I had a, a, um, a, a 
a student come and ride on a younger horse and I was on a horse, but I, uh, she was getting on and, and I said, Oh, I, I'm happy to, you know, get somebody down here to help hold them. Cause one of the things I like is my horses. I want my horses to stand at the mounting block, right? That's really important to me because I almost broke my back. I don't really necessarily want to run out and tell you why I want somebody to help you get on that freshly off the track horse, but I actually feel more comfortable with, with that, for example. So I think sometimes, um, your trainer may not always tell you exactly why they want you to do something at the time. And sometimes I think it's important to, uh, you know, so this girl's like, no, 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 I can get on. I'm fine. And then, you know, doesn't get bucked off, but you know, it's not the prettiest landing. If you know what I'm saying, I was like, boy, I wish I would have, have, um, had, had her do that. Uh, or just had, had my assistant come down and just give her a hand. So I think it's important sometimes when your trainer says something to not get upset at the, in the moment, maybe. And when things quiet down for whatever reason, right. Uh, go back and maybe ask them why th- they were doing a certain thing. Right. I think that's important. Um, I think timing sometimes is really important. <laughs> what do you think, Phil? Sometimes I don't have time to explain why I want it done a certain way. But boy, when I have when I have a few seconds and things have calmed down, I'm happy to explain it. So, does that make sense, Phil? Where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm big on that the the mounting technique as well. You know, yeah. even if it takes Ooh. an extra fifteen minutes to to get on a horse, they they have to stand because you do not. I mean, that's that's very vulnerable time, uh, you know, yeah. for a rider. And so that's I think I've I've said that before. That happens here a lot. Like, yeah, that's. Uh, you know, not mounting from the ground and, and, you know, taking them over to the mounting block, calmly waiting, you know, teaching them to stand and wait and relax. And then, then, mm-hmm. yeah, then, then you can get on. I mean, uh, for myself, that's huge. And for, for my students and, you know, everybody, it's, it's for sure a safety thing. So, yeah, there, yeah. I mean, there's, we'll there's lots here. of all these li- little things, yeah. right. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, and I work with a lot of resources. You got to know your trainer and your trainer's got to get yeah. to know you. And, and, you know, that's all part of like, you know, first lesson is like a first date, right? So yeah. you're just kind of <laughs> seeing if you're going to get to the second one. It may be like, you know what? And then, you know, I think that, that we've all had moments where we're not happy with what's going on. And I think as long as no one's getting injured, you know, you, you should hear that trainer out in a way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there are times again, I'm, not saying don't ever stop a lesson. Cause I certainly have before when I think things have been unfair, but, um, you know, hopefully it's not to that point. And then truly if, if it's not working out, that's okay. That's okay. But just don't call for another lesson. I think going online and, and bashing trainers and, oh man, I don't like it because, you know, you also don't know. <laughs> I think that that's the empathy I have for that trainer because we're all human. Sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes we maybe had something, a phone call before we're coming in the ring. That's personal. You know, you don't know. Um, so I think it's okay that if it's not going to work, you know, you just calmly say, you know, thank you so much for your services, but I just don't think that's the right one for me. Right. And, and I think that's yeah. totally fine. And, and yeah. yeah, fine. And, and if, yeah, people yeah. can accept so, that, that, you know, like y- you don't feel like it's, you're making any progress or whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. You don't, you don't have to take lessons, right? You don't have to. No, right? not so at all. That's, that's, the way, be that's kind. the way it goes. You know, as a professional, yeah. you know, we've all been there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, as long as people aren't mean about it, or, you know, like if you're, you know, 
it's just I, I don't think you're the trainer for me or, you know. Yeah. We have okay. different styles, whatever. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we should be kind about that. And there are there are a, literally a thousand ways to roam. There's lots of ways to train horses. Um, and, you know, there, there's lots of ways now that you can find people. You have access to, to Internet and, uh, you know, virtual lessons and all kinds of things. And so um, I think that's OK if you find somebody that's not it's not the right date. Right. You just you just don't go on that date again. And or, you know, you you go and, and move forward. So. Um, I hope this helps. I, I like I said, it, the, the conversation online kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I said to Phil, I really wanted to take a little time today to talk about it. And um, you know, again, take your time finding the right person. It maybe it could be a bad day for a trainer. We're not always perfect. I know I'm not always perfect. Sometimes I'm grumpy and I haven't had a snack, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, need a moment a, to go a get a, a cup of coffee a tip for a. Um... Yeah. For a trainer is so. like, don't show up to a lesson hungry. Always make time for <laughs> for snacks. Make time for snacks. Uh, exactly. So, you know, that that we're human too. And some days it's not our best day. Uh, some days here on the podcast, we don't have our best days. Uh, we get to tag team uh, if we're not having the best day. But, you know, that's, that's definitely a thing. And so um, I hope that helps. And I hope you're able to find a great trainer because there's nothing better than having a great relationship with your coach. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, it, and it can be, it can be really life-changing, right? I, I so appreciate my coaches and so thankful for all they've done for me. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad for those relationships and very thankful for that. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, and then there are lots of different trainers around. So I hope this helps. And I hope you have many fun years with your coach. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email, please feel free to use it, is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. 